Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with putting the enemy to confusion as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. By the time the children of Israel got there, They were all wiped out. (laughs) Oh, God is so good. I was talking with John, who is one of our young men here in the church who is now a recruit in the Costa Mesa Police Department. And he was sharing how the other night, the officer who was training him, he and the officer pulled a car over down here on Fairview and Fair Drive in the Exxon station. And he said as they started pulling the guys out of the car, he said they were six big bikers. And he said that as they started pulling out the booze and as they started to get to some of the other things, the guys jumped them. And he said, just the two of us officers against these six big bikers. And he said, I heard one of them say, grab his gun and we will shoot, you know, the brains out of these guys. And so he said he felt this guy tugging at his gun. And he said, now, the guns have a front throw on them. You have to pull them out front ways to get them out of the holster. And this guy was trying to, behind him and trying to pull it up straight couldn't get it out and so he said he just took and elbowed the guy and he said but boy he said they were swinging rolling on the ground and everything else and of course they put out the officer in distress call and he said but pretty soon he said he and his partner were standing up and these guys were all brawling with each other he said they were swinging away and hitting each other And he said, they just stood there back to back watching these guys wiping out each other, you know. (laughs) And after it was over, he said to his training officer, did you get hit? And he said, no. And he said, neither did I. (laughs) In all of that swinging, they never hit him. And he said, he told his training officer, praise the Lord, you know. The Lord just put them to confusion, got them fighting with each other, you know. and, And we were able to escape. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can put the enemies to confusion. He can deliver his child out of distress, out of danger. He can keep you unscathed in the midst of a battle. The Lord is the same. They went on down... They found that these guys had worn all their jewelry into battle, all the precious gems and everything else these guys were wearing. And so they began to strip the dead bodies of all of the valuables, the jewels, the ornaments, and everything else. And there was so much that they couldn't even carry it off. It took them three days to strip all the bodies. And they came back with great rejoicing unto the Lord. On the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka, 
which means the valley of blessing, for there they bless the Lord. And so they named the valley the valley of Baraka unto this day. And then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat was in front of them, and they came back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And as they came to Jerusalem with the psalteries and the harps and the trumpets to the house of the Lord, the fear of God was in all of the kingdoms of those countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old. When he began to reign, he reigned for 25 years. He walked in the way of Asa, his father, departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit, the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto God, the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, they're written in the book of Jehu, who was a prophet, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. Now Jehoshaphat's then once again joined affinity with Ahaziah, the king of Israel. Now Ahaziah was the son of Ahab. He also was an extremely wicked person. But Jehoshaphat had some strange drawing towards the kings of Israel. And so they made an agreement to build ships in order that they might go to Tarshish to get gold and all. But the ships broke up in a storm and they never made it to Tarshish. Actually, Eliezer, a prophet, prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying, because you have joined yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works and the ships were broken in a storm. They were not able to go to Tarshish. Now, Jehoshaphat died and was buried with his fathers, the city of David, and Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brothers who were also sons of Jehoshaphat, and it named several of the brothers. And, their and, and Jehoshaphat had given to his sons great gifts of silver, gold, and precious things, and he gave them cities but the kingdom he gave to Jehoram, because he was his oldest, the firstborn. Now, when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, verse 4, he strengthened himself and killed all of his brothers with a sword, and also many of the princes of Israel. And Jehoram was 32 years old when he began to reign. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, that is, the northern kings who were wicked, like as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, here is where Jehoshaphat's seeking to become friends and joining affinity with the kings of Israel got him into trouble. For no doubt on some of his ventures up to the kingdom of Israel in visiting Ahab, he took his oldest son with him, Jehoram, who saw the daughter of Ahab and fell in love with her. 
And of course, because he was seeking to make an affinity with the kings, they arranged the marriage. And his oldest son married the daughter of wicked Ahab, who was also the daughter of Jezebel. And thus, she had the same kind of an influence upon her husband, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, as did Jezebel upon Ahab, a very wicked influence in the kingdom. Now, this is where the dad may say, well, I can go and it won't bother me. You know, I know how to handle myself and, and uh, I won't be touched by the things. But yet his son going with him was the one that was affected and hurt by the relationship. And so we need to be careful of the relationships that we develop, not only for our own sake. You may be able to handle it, but it can have disastrous results in, in your family, your children. They may not be able to handle those pressures. And so had he not been going up and seeking to make these kind of friendship uh, ventures towards Ahab, no doubt his son would never have met this Athaliah and married her, and, and, and thus this horrible thing would not have transpired. The, it cost him the rest of his sons. All, all of the rest of the sons were killed by this one boy who was given the kingdom. He was influenced for evil by the wife that he married who was the daughter of that wicked king Ahab. And she had an evil influence in Judah for a period of time. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. Now during the days of this, and remember he only reigned for eight years, but as he began to reign, first of all, the Edomites rebelled from under their dominion, and then the people of Libna rebelled, against them, and uh, there came to him a writing from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of, the, of Asa the king of Judah, but you've walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and you made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go whoring like the whoredoms of the house of Ahab. And you've also slain your brothers of your father's house, which were better than you. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite your people and your children and your wives and all of your goods, and you will have a great sickness by the disease of your bowels until your bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. You're going to die a slow death as your bowels fall out. So God's disease that he was going to bring upon him because of his wickedness, and he was only uh, about 40 years old at the time of his death. So died at a relatively young age, but uh, because of that wickedness, this message from Elijah the prophet. Now, some people have, uh, see difficulty here because if you go back to 2 Kings, it would seem that Elijah died while Jehoshaphat was still king. Elijah basically was not a prophet to Judah. He was a prophet to Israel, and he was a prophet during the time of Ahab in the northern kingdom. 
It was Ahab and Jezebel that Elijah was really chiding for their wickedness, and he was a real thorn unto Ahab. But as you go back to Kings, where the recording of the death of Elijah takes place there in the second chapter, it would just appear that he, the writer of 2 Kings just throws in the account of his death because he's going to move now to the southern kingdom and talk about it for a while, so he doesn't follow a chronological order. There would seem to be about a six-year, it would seem to be about a six-year difference here, but it was only that he recorded the death of Elijah out of a chronological sequence in 2 Kings. So Elijah wrote this message of rebuke and of judgment that is going to come upon the son of Jehoshaphat because of his evil. And the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians that were near the Ethiopians. And they came to Judah. They broke into it. They carried away the substance that was found in the king's house, his sons also and his wives. And there was never a son left save Jehoiahaz, his youngest of his sons. So the Arabians and the Philistines also began to attack. I mean, the kingdom went so quickly. In eight years, just deteriorated down to nothing. I mean, the Edomites revolted, the people of Libna revolted, and now the Philistines, the Arabians, they come in, they take everything. They took all of his wives, took all of his children, left only one, his youngest son, Jehoiahaz. Now after this, the Lord smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease. And it came to pass in the process of time, at the end of two years, that his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness. So he died of sore diseases. And here the, the, the declaration, they made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. Now that was a, a time of mourning where they would... Uh, you know, mourn people and build fires, stay up all night in mourning, but not for him. 32 years old was he when he began to reign. He reigned in eight years, and he departed without being desired. The story of a wicked man. He departed without, no one mourned his going. He departed without being desired. Howbeit they buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulcher of the kings. Now the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son, who is also called Jehoiahaz. Uh, Ahaziah or Jehoiahaz are one and the same. They made him the king in his stead, for the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all of the older sons. And so Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, the king of Judah reigned, and he was 42 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. Now, something is wrong here. I'm going to have to go home and figure this out. Ahaziah, 40 and 2 years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. I'm going to have to look that up because his dad was only four years old when, 40 years old when he died. So something's wrong with the uh, things here, perhaps a copy here. I'll have to look that up in my commentaries. His mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri, or granddaughter of Omri. They don't have words granddaughter. Omri was the father of Ahab. 
And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. And he walked in their counsel with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, the king of Israel, to war against Haziel, the king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. Now he also continued this same friendship with the kings of the north, and he went up and he too was invited to come into the battle with Jehoram against Syria, or Jehoram rather went to battle against Syria. Jehoram was injured and was recovering from his wounds that he had received in the battle when Ahaziah went up to visit him and to comfort him. And this is the time when Jehu rebelled against the reign of Jehoram, came to him, and killed him. And they also found Ahaziah there, and Jehu killed him also. And so they brought his body, and they buried him there, rather than bringing it back for burial in Jerusalem. Now when her son was killed, Athaliah then took over the reigning of Judah, and in taking over the reign, immediately she killed all of the other sons in order that there would be no other heir apparent to the throne except that one of the nurses grabbed one of the little sons and she hid him uh, so that he was not slain. Uh, it was, he was just a baby at the time that he was hidden away. And they took him to the priest, Jehoiada, and they raised him there in the temple. And so in chapter 23, Joash, this one son that escaped the sword of Athaliah, they escaped the assassination attempts, when he was seven years old, the priest Jehoiada called together the captains of the people of Judah and the chief men, and he said, look, I have Joash, who is a descendant of David, because God promised that there would not cease to be a descendant of David upon the throne. Athaliah is not a descendant of David. She's a usurper and all. And so we want to establish him and set him up as the king. So I want you to divide into three companies. Three of you go out into the cities. Three of you stand at the gates. Don't let anybody in. And the other, th I mean, the other third will stay in here. And we'll surround him and we will protect him. And so they had him stand by the pillar. They put the crown upon his head, this little seven-year-old boy. And they began to cry, God save the king. God save the king. And they began to rejoice and shout for the fact that God had again placed upon the throne a descendant of David. And Athaliah, when she heard the tumult of the people and heard them talking about a king, she came down into the temple and she saw this little fellow with a crown on his head and she began to cry, treason, treason. And Jehoiada ordered the priest to grab her, not to kill her in the temple, but to take her outside and uh, of the temple precincts and stone her. And so Athaliah was destroyed, and now Joash began to reign 
as the king. He was only seven years old. So in reality, he was just a little puppet type of a king as long as Jehoiada, the priest, was alive. Jehoiada exercised tremendous uh, influence over little Joash. He had raised him from a child and now did exercise tremendous influence over him. And with the influence of Jehoiada, actually there was again a spiritual revival uh, as they executed actually not only Athaliah, but uh, all of the other priests of Baal and all that had been established. Now in verse 16, chapter 23, Jehoiada, that is the priest who raised this little boy, made a covenant between him and between all of the people and between the king that they should be the Lord's people. In other words, let's return to the Lord. Let's get back to being God's people. So the people went to the temple of Baal and they broke it down. They broke down the altars and the images and they killed the priest of Baal there before the altars and they reestablished the priesthood there in Jerusalem. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Second Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Second Chronicles 20 through 23 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord keep His hand upon your life And may he open up your heart and your mind and your understanding to the things of the Spirit. May he cause you to realize that his righteous principles will always prevail. And thus, may you live in that place where God can bless you. May you keep yourself in the love of God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a timely book entitled Philippians, a Bible study for women by Kay Smith, wife of Pastor Chuck. In times of hardship and doubt, are you filled with joy? If this less-than-perfect world has robbed you of joy and filled you instead with fear and worry, 
you must learn the secrets found in the book of Philippians. Join Kay as she discovers the Apostle Paul's top secrets to a life filled with joy, available to every Christian woman today. Sometimes in the deepest trials, God will so minister to us, or the Holy Spirit will so minister to us, that even in the deepest trials, we can have joy. And that's what we're trying to impress on the people's heart. We have joy just because we have Jesus. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673. And godliness with contentment is great gain.